Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. Did you know that a tapestry that is perfectly symmetrical is fake? Real tapestries are woven together by hand and are uniquely designed, just as God weaves the tapestry of our lives. Join us now as we continue our journey through the lineage of Jesus with Cheryl Broderson. We will come before you, Lord, in wonder, wonder. We will fall on our knees and surrender, we surrender to you. And now here is part two of Cheryl's message, The Tapestry of God in Ruth and Boaz. Malon means sickly, and Chilion means wasting away. I think these boys were born problemed. I think from birth they said, you know what? I don't know if these guys are going to last. I mean, who names? Who looks at their baby and goes, oh, wasting away? <laughs> you know, or sickly. But these are the names that these, you know, Naomi, I think, had a problem with depression. We'll get to that later. (laughs) But these are the names that she names her son. So the Bible does not condemn Elimelech for moving to Bethlehem. It's just a statement of fact, I mean, moving from Bethlehem. It's not condemned. It's just simply a statement of fact. This is what he did. There was a famine. Perhaps he was worried about Malon and Chilion getting enough to eat, knowing that they were sickly. So he makes this move on the other side of the Dead Sea, a whole different country. In fact, he had to travel through Ammon to get down to Moab. But he makes this move. It's a thread of drama. It's a dramatic move. It's a move away from everything that is familiar for Naomi and Naomi's sons. It's a move away from family. It's a move into or through enemy territory because the Ammonites throughout the history of Israel were at odds against the nation. But we also see that there are distant threats. These are all going to be Ds. I'm just going to prepare you. You can just do D, 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 D distant threats, or foreign fabric. These are imports. You see Moabite threads here because Malon marries Ruth the Moabitess. And these are different colors than are found in Israel. When I was in college, I took a Venetian art class and it was fascinating. I think it had to do with the teacher. She loved Venice. And she would talk about the Venetian colors. And the Venetians, like Raphael and Botticelli, they they brought these deeper colors. In fact, the colors of uh, the Venetian artists are so rich that you almost feel like you're being sunk into them, that you're being drawn into these deep deep uh, colors and the richness. They brought some of the the crimsons and the the burgundies and and the purples, and they brought just this this deep hues to um, their art that were copied later on by um, Michelangelo and others, the depth of the colors. And so we see this, this richness of colors in these distant threats as Ruth the Moabitess 
marries into the family of Elimelech. We also see the threads of death, these um, dark, dark, somber hues as Elimelech dies and Malon and Chilion also succumb to death in Moab. We see threads of discouragement as Naomi is left with two daughter-in-laws and she can't support them. She's a widow in a foreign land and she must return to Bethlehem. But we also see threads of desire because she hears that there's bread in Bethlehem and news of God visiting his people with bread. You know, oftentimes we cannot see how the threads of desire can be part of God's loom, his tapestry. You know, often we accept like, oh yes, God can use these dark things. You know, some of us, we are kind of like Naomi's. We accept the darkness and the hard places in our life sometimes better than the glorious, happy places. I don't know about you, but I've been having one of those weeks, you know, where I had like two really good days. I'm like, okay, this day is good. It's really good. I'm going to bed and it's still good. Okay, but tomorrow is coming, you know? And then I finish tomorrow and it's like, okay, that, that was a good day too. All right, now I'm getting scared because I've had two good days, you know? Sure not the third day, boom, you know? You're just like, I knew, I knew you were there. I knew you were hiding somewhere, you know? I knew you were gonna come out. But we can sometimes have a greater expectation for the warfare than for the blessing. We can get to that place. And, and we're not allowing sometimes God to also weave in and say, your desires, I'm going to use these desires, these good desires. Naomi has this desire to return to Bethlehem. And why? Because she hears that God has visited his people and it's evidenced by the fact that there is now bread or plenty, a good harvest in Bethlehem. And this is the draw, but God's going to use this. Again, in Philippians chapter two, verse 13, it says, God works in us to will and to do of his own good pleasure. God will put his will in our hearts. That's what he does. He puts his desires in us. That's one of the great things about prayer. Because prayer is not about getting our will done as much as it is aligning us with the good will of God. It makes our desires his desires. His desires our desires. This is one of the things that prayer does. So the threads of desire. Next we see the threads of dedication. Orpa does not remain with you. How did she get all those D's? It was divine. <clears throat> the threads of dedication. Orpa does not remain with Naomi. This thread will not be part of the tapestry. Isn't it interesting? God says, no, not that thread. God chooses the threads. There's some threads that we're like, Lord, that would look so good. I don't care where you put it in. Just put it in. And he's like, nope, not that thread. But Ruth clings to Naomi and says, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything, but death parts you and me. That is dedication. And this is a thread that God weaves into this tapestry. Ruth travels back to Bethlehem with Naomi, two single women alone, trekking through the wilderness, 
vulnerable to bandits and the elements. I mean, in this place, this is where lions, this is where cobras, this is where bears hang out. In fact, later, remember David in the fields of Bethlehem, he kills a bear, he kills a lion. Here's two single women making their way around the Dead Sea through Ammon back to Bethlehem. But Ruth is dedicated. She will not let Naomi return alone. Ruth's dedication to Naomi is what is talked about in Bethlehem. This news about Ruth is heard even by Boaz. He said, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and mother and your land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. Ruth 2.11. Years ago, my son-in-law heard about Kristen my daughter from a roommate. So Michael had never met. He came to England from Florida right after Kristen had uh, moved back to the States. But he heard um, because this young man had just this terrible crush on Kristen and he was talking about my daughter all the time. Well, Michael became intrigued. Like, what's the pastor's daughter look like? And my son-in-law told me that every time he'd hear Kristen's name, this little flutter would come to his heart and he'd think, that's crazy. I've never even met her. But it was just kind of like, oh, there's something in that. He even said to a friend, pray for me. There's something that I feel every time the pastor's daughter is named. Then this, this young man, he's talking to Kristen on the phone, calling long distance from England. He wants to impress Kristen. So he's like, hey, want to talk to a model? Because that's what Michael was doing in London at the time. He was modeling. And Kristen's like, yeah, put him on the line. And so Michael gets on. And he's like, Hi. And Kristen's like, hi. And they start talking like they've been best friends all their lives to the point that the roommate's like, give me back the phone. That wasn't supposed to happen. So Michael comes to the house and he says to Char, my son, do you have a picture of your sister? Well, by this time, Kristen's 18. But the only picture Char could find is a family portrait where she's 10 and Kelsey's two. It gets worse. They're, making ma- they're wearing matching dresses I made for them. <laughs> and, and Michael's like, do you have anything more recent? Char's like, nope, this is it. That's my sister. That's what she looks like. <laughs> and yet, you know, it was all that was reported to Michael about Kristen that piqued his interest and... Um, She ended up coming back. He had moved on to France and she came back to England because that was the call on her life. As she was back, she began to serve in the church teaching Sunday school. Michael happened to return and visit. They met and the rest, they say, is a beautiful tapestry. (laughs) Then there are threads of deprivation. Ruth leaves home, security, her language, her culture, her position, her family, her friends, all that's familiar, her possessions. And she goes to Bethlehem as a widow and the companion of a widow. There's no food, there's no income, but God is going to use this deprivation, this threaded deprivation in this loom to get Ruth where she needs to be. There are also threads of disappointment. Naomi is greeted by the women 
in Bethlehem, and they're so excited to see Naomi. And she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Lord has afflicted me. I went out full, and I have returned empty. So she's coming back in disappointment. She's not coming back in glory. She's not coming back with the wealth of Moab. She is coming back destitute. But we see threads of divine direction in this. Ruth must glean for both Naomi and herself. And she just happens upon the field of Boaz, who just happens to be a relative of Elimelech. That's what my son Char, when he was little, would call a divine coinkydink. <laughs> but then we see the threads of drudgery. Because it says Ruth works hard in the field of Boaz that she is noticed if she was not gleaning, if she was not so industrious, she might never have been noticed. But you couldn't help but notice Ruth because of how hard she was working, because of the long hours that she was working in this field. So we see that God is using even the drudgery in this tapestry. And then, of course, there's threads of discovery. Because Boaz sees Ruth in his field and he approaches her and he speaks with her and he blesses her. Then there's more discovery because when Ruth comes home with 126 cups of beaten out barley grain, Naomi's like, where have you been? Because that is not the normal haul for a gleaner. Gleaners usually got maybe a cup or two cups. And she's come, she's come home with 126 cups of prepared grain. Prepared. Already beaten out. And when Ruth shares with Naomi the field that she's been in, that it's the field of Boaz, there's even greater discovery because Naomi remembers that he is a relative of Elimelech and has the rights of kinsman redeemer. Then we come to threads of deliberation as Naomi begins to make plans for Ruth. You know, isn't it interesting how God can even put his, his plans into our hearts, his mind, as Naomi begins to set out for Ruth a pathway, things that she's to do, which brings us to threads of directives. Naomi gives Ruth specific instructions on what she is to do. She is to go to the threshing floor in the dark. She is to find Boaz. She is to take the blanket off of his feet. That will wake him up and put it on herself. We find that in this dark place, as Ruth follows Naomi's directions, there's even more discovery. As he wakes up in the middle of the night, because there's something at his feet and the blanket is gone and he discovers Ruth the Moabitess. There's threads of duty in this because God uses the traditions of Israel to bring Ruth to Boaz. Ruth goes to the threshing floor just as Naomi directed. She waits for Boaz to finish eating and drinking. She marks the place where he lies down. She does everything that Naomi says. And it's through duty. It's through following these directives and these ancient customs of Israel 
that God is working into the tapestry. So many times we can think duty is wrong or or duty shouldn't be or it's something against the tapestry of God. But God is also using that. Years ago, Brian was talking to a young Indian man, dot, not feathers, who was, um, and I heard that from an Indian man, who was um, here studying and um, furthering his education in engineering. And his parents had found him a bride. Now, his parents were Hindu. And he was a Christian. And he said, by duty, I should go back and marry the woman that they found for me. It's, a, it's my dad's ex-partner that he worked with. It's his daughter. And he was really praying about this, not sure, because he didn't want to be unequally yoked. And Brian would pray with him week after week after week. And finally, he went back and he felt like God said, put yourself under your parents and do what they're saying. And he didn't want to offend them. So he married this beautiful young Indian woman and they moved back to the States. And she knew that he was a Christian. She agreed to go to church with him. And she said that the Lord began to speak and minister to her heart. And one day as she was reading the Bhagavad Gita, because she was trying to resist Jesus Christ, she gave her life to Jesus Christ reading the Bhagavad Gita. How how often does that happen? So then she invited him. She said, we need to go to coffee. I need to tell you something. He had no idea what she was going to tell him at coffee. He said he was sweating. He was scared. He was thinking she was going to say, I can't do this Christian thing. No more church or no more you. He had no idea. And she said, I've given my life to Jesus Christ as my savior. And she became a powerful evangelist for Jesus. And you know, it was by duty. God was using the duty, the duty of, his, of these Indian customs, the duty of being under his parents to create the tapestry of this absolutely beautiful marriage. They now have three gorgeous children, and God is using them divinely. But God uses duty. We next see the threads of determination. Boaz promises to do all that he can to make Ruth his bride. And immediately the next day, I love this. No grass grows under Boaz's feet. He goes to the city gate where all the transactions in Bible times took place. And he gathers 10 elders around. And they're like, you, hey, you, you. He's gathering as many elders, these 10 elders together. And then they wait together for the kinsmen, the near kinsmen to come to the gate of the city. And Boaz there offers him the right of redemption. Boaz said, look, there's a field that belonged to Elimelech. His widow Naomi has the rights of redemption. She's willing to give those to us. And the kinsman says, I, I want to do that. And then Boaz says, well, the person that does it, on the same day that he redeems that field, he also has to take Ruth, Malon's wife, as his own wife and raise up seed to Malon. And the kinsman says, no, I I can't do that. That will jeopardize my own inheritance. I want to give it to my son. See, he already had sons that he wanted his inheritance to go to. So he doesn't redeem it. So Boaz then takes this man's sandals. Again, this is the way of duty. And he shows this sandal and says, now, I want you all to be witnesses that I have redeemed the field of Elimelech that belongs to Naomi, 
and taken Ruth as my wife. Oh, threads of determination. We also see for Ruth that there were threads of delay. As she had to be still or sit still and wait till Boaz accomplished everything that was needful. Oh, those threads of delay. Sometimes those threads of delay, we can wonder what is God doing or why is he taking so long and time is slipping away. You know, the older that I get, the faster time gets. I can't believe I have been on the earth as long as I have been. And I can't believe that Christmas is tomorrow. (laughs) But these threads of, of delay... As you know, it seems sometimes those things that you want to happen quickly happen slowly, and the things that you want to happen slowly happen quickly. I haven't done any Christmas shopping, of course. I don't know why I'm feeling this pressure, except for that it's only in November, the beginning of November, and they are playing Christmas music every place. The Christmas decorations are every place. We haven't even done Thanksgiving yet, I haven't even picked out my turkey yet. And they're already, you know, playing and playing all the Christmas music and the things for Thanksgiving are already on sale. What does that tell you? (laughs) But Ruth must sit still. She must wait till everything is worked out. She must trust Boaz to do everything that is needful to do so that this tapestry can be woven. There's threads of deliverance as Boaz actually redeems Elimelech's field. And then he marries Ruth. And then there are threads of delight as Ruth has a son, Obed, which means servant. And Naomi becomes the nurse of Obed. And Naomi's life is now filled with joy. Without any one of these threads, the design would not be complete. We would not have the story, the testimony, the lineage going to Jesus, the beauty, the interest, the glory, without each one of these threads. But your life is as much a tapestry as Ruth's life and Boaz's life. There is a loom, which is the framework of your life. It has to do with where you were born, has to do with this time in history in which you live, has to do with the background of where you've come from. But there is also the weft of your life, which is the threads that God is weaving every day. And there are threads of drama. As a friend of mine says, God always builds the drama. Isn't that true? He always, you know, will God come through? How will he come through? And he always comes through. But if there's one thing I've come to expect from God, it's the unexpected. He never does things my way. I give him plans, directives, maps. And he's like, thank you very much, Cheryl. I'll put these on the back burner, literally. (laughs) And I'm going to do it my way. And you'll be glad I did. Threads of drama which adds such life and dimension to our tapestry. There are the threads of death, which have to do with the the death of dreams. How many of our dreams has God said, no, not this dream, a different dream of our plans. 
and even death of of those that are close to us. Sometimes because they don't want to walk with the Lord, sometimes because of their choices, and sometimes because heaven is waiting for them. There's other threads of discouragement when God often closes doors. There's threads of desire that God uses our desires, the things that we naturally like to bring us into his purposes and to create his tapestry. There's dedication, those threads of pressing into him when we recommit ourselves to God and to his design and we refuse to leave God or his promises. Tapestries are often threaded with materials we would never think to use. And so it is with the threads God uses to weave the tapestry of your life. He may use threads like disappointment, divine direction, delight, death, discouragement, and dedication. The list goes on. But without any one of these threads, the design of your life's tapestry would not be complete. Remember, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Philippians 1.6 If you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply visit our website at graciouswords.com or call one 800 733 6443 and refer to it by name, which is The Tapestry of God in Ruth and Boaz. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we will look at part three of our study on The Tapestry of God in Ruth and Boaz as we continue our series with Cheryl Broderson through the lineage of the King. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.